Steve, how are you? Wonderful. Are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Okay. I didn't all play right, the game. Right. Yeah, what the heck? Right, yeah, all right. Okay, it's time for another therapy session with us. So hope you're ready for that. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. In fact, we have so much to talk about that we are splitting this week's podcast into two episodes. You're going to get the usual football talk, you know, primarily Penn State focused here, uh, Michigan, Rutgers, the OC change. Um, But then tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, on Wednesday, we're going to release our sports media segment for this week, which is an interview with Amanda Gifford, who is essentially in charge of production for college football at ESPN. Um, She's a proud Penn Stater. It's a great, interesting interview if you enjoy behind-the-scenes stuff um, when it comes to college football. Um, so encourage you to check that out. That'll come out tomorrow on Wednesday. Um, but in the meantime, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with... Steve. Steve. All right. Steve, we've, like I said, we've got a lot to... Look, he's already... You all right? You good? I'm just going to get a sure okay. water. It's getting a little okay. All right. Yeah. Get it? Get, get through there. All right. So we've got a lot to talk about, Steve. Okay, we got the Michigan game to talk about. There might be some news in the offensive coordinator room that we probably need to talk about. Uh, we will probably spend most of our time talking about that. And then, oh yeah, there's still two more football games left this year, including one against Rutgers on Saturday. And then this week's old guy, young guy. So here we go. Where to start? We're gonna start with the Michigan game. If you just want to, here's here's what I my take on the Michigan game is: go back a few weeks ago. And listen to the Ohio State podcast that we had, and that will tell you everything that I feel like we witnessed again on on Saturday. Felt like de- deja vu all over again. Groundhog's Day, both in the microcosm of just this season, but also the Groundhog's Day in the macrocosm of Penn State football over the last five six years. That's about where I'm at with it. Um, and and there's a lot to dissect. There's a lot to go out go through. Um, but I see Steve's already eager. To no, no, no. I don't. I don't think you're wrong. But Michigan, it didn't feel worse, but they did it a different way, right? They're like, "Screw you! We're going to just run this ball at you. We're going to pass yeah. the football eight times, right? And and complete seven of them, and we're just going to beat the living snot out of you and wear you down." And that's who they are, right? Like that's right. which wasn't a surprise. And Ohio State was like, "We have better talent than you on the edges, and we're going to beat you with that." So they got. So Penn State lost in both the possible ways where those two teams are better than it. So I, I think the end result feels the same, but I think the trip getting there, okay. you know, it was like That's... whether whether or not you took the expressway or you took the, you know, the down through the, uh, the okay. city streets, you know, it was just the path there was different, but the end result was kind of the same. All right. I hear that. And I, I respect that. I disagree with you. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't argue with the fact that, yeah, Michigan just ran the ball at Penn State and Ohio State had Marvin Harrison Jr. And that was about it. So right, right, I, I, I think that's the biggest, that is probably the biggest difference to me again, though. Yes. Michigan ran the ball at, at Penn state. Penn state only gave up 24 points. Mm-hmm. And for as explosive as Penn state's preached as, as good as the quarterback's supposed to be. Um, and then of course we'll get to this probably a lot deeper in, in the, the, offensive coordinator discussion, you know, the play calling was not there. And I think that is 
why we're sitting here with Penn State not having Mike Yersich as their offensive coordinator anymore because it didn't make sense. There were times that things were working and, and they got away from it. There was the tight end game, which have been Penn State's two most reliable pass catchers, only getting 35 yards of the 70 yards that Drew Aller threw for on the day. There's the fact that Nicholas Singleton started and he's not been the better running back. Like I, I, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Like I, I, I work for Penn state. I don't work on Penn state's roster. I, I don't coach Penn state. Give the ball to Katron. Like he's the better running back. He gives you a better chance to win. Is this about hurting feelings or is this about winning football games? And it should be about winning football games. And and that's where I'm at with it. Um, so those were my major gripes of that. And then there was also, of course, like the two really two big play, big decisions to kind of cost Penn State, right? There's there's the fourth and six down still only by one score um, and, and running a play that clearly nobody knew what they were supposed to be doing because Drew just kind of threw the ball somewhere and it, did, it was nowhere near a wide receiver, in my opinion. Um, and then there was, of course, the going for two on the after the the second touchdown the late touchdown which takes you out of the game if you don't get it if you do just get the one point you can kick an onside kick you also still had two timeouts it's not impossible that you can get the ball back with 30 seconds in college you get the clock stops on a first down use the sideline type thing it's it it just didn't make sense and to me that's why i was probably the most frustrated and that was the most frustrating stretch of decision decision making coaching from James Franklin I've experienced quite some time, maybe since the the Illinois game in two thousand one. Um, I don't know. That was that one really frustrated. Or two thousand twenty one. Sorry. Um, that that one really frustrated me. Yeah, and I think the first one, the first half too. Stop it. I mean, stop chasing chasing points in the first half. There's no reason. I, I don't. I don't care. If you have analytics staff, I don't care. It is the first half. Kick the extra point. Everybody in the stadium, There's we've talked before about how much people don't know about football, the intricacies and this and that. They know, kick the point. Kick the point, make it 14-10, and worry about the other one later. It's too early to be worrying about that. It just is. And then that sets up the dominoes for the rest of the game. I mean, some of them. Yeah. No, I I have said this before on this podcast, and it's and I've, I've made – I've said it to friends and it's like kind of half in jest, but it's almost like James Franklin. (laughs) This is is a bizarre take. I am sorry, but it's almost like James Franklin should spend two days, three days in the summer when he's got nothing else going on playing Matt in because you learn basic time management when you play Matt. I I know it's crazy. I know it's bizarre, but it's, it goes back to chasing points in the first half there. I in the moment I wasn't that frustrated with it, but in the context of then going for it later for two when you didn't need to, that really riled me up um, on Saturday. So I don't know. Oh, I think the game itself was frustrating. Um, it to me, like I said, felt like deja vu again. And I think you know, I think the other thing again is this defense is. It's it's hard to say it's wasted because it's probably won, maybe kind of won the Indiana game, right? Like, but if Penn State's 
offense is 80% as effective as Penn State's defense, I, I think they win the game. Like, I, I think they win. Penn State wins the football game. And I said the exact same thing to you after the Ohio State game. Oh, that's, I guess that's why they have a new, offense, new offensive coordinator, or at least why the old one's gone and they're going to have a, have two new people sharing those duties now. So we'll go from something that didn't work to something that may work because it's convoluted and we trust them and we love them and they both want to be here at Penn State. There was lots of subtext, and now I'm moving us to the OC, so I don't know if you're ready or not. No, you're, I mean, there was okay. lots of subtext in the aftermath. Like, oh, these guys have been here. We get like you hear people like, you know, talk, oh, the players trust them and whatever else. Well, was there not trust? I mean, just that kind of silliness that comes out that you say that you end up overthinking perhaps, but yeah, they're going to beat if they don't, if Penn State doesn't win the last two games, then then there's that's not good. Like then there's it real, real problem. It's exactly. I don't think it matters who the interim would be or who the next two are. They should have enough talent and enough motivation and enough whatever else to win the final two games. So, and I think they could have won them with your here, but I guess if you know you're going to get rid of them, do it sooner rather than later, so the numbers don't look good at the end of the season and people wonder why you did it. Um, but I'm not sure. I think unless unless whoever's in the position is doing the, the plays the coaches wants them, the head coach wants them to do and is, agrees with, then you still don't it's still not gonna work. Well, okay, let's let's walk this through because there's you hit on just about everything that I wanted to hit on there. I, I think let's let's talk about let's talk about the firing, right? Like let's talk about that just from the standpoint of it coming Sunday after the machine game. I think you're hundred percent right that fans would i don't know i don't know if you're 100 percent right on that i think about it i think people would under still be understanding i think right now doing it now gets the pressure off your back a lot faster after losing to michigan and really blowing your last shot at the college football playoff so i think that's why it came now and i think that but also like i said and wrote like John Donovan got to the end of the season and he was far worse than Mike Yurcich. And, and, and I don't know, it was, it was ballsy for James Franklin to do. And I, I will commend him on it. Unfortunately he had to do it. So it's not, I'm not going to commend him on the hire in the first place. Um, and the irony isn't lost on me that Kirk Shiraka is coming into town this weekend too. Um, which is the guy that he hired or fired to yeah, get. Yeah, but to realistically, this at this point, they've been through enough uh, yeah, offensive that, coordinators. You're going to bump into him any place anywhere, anywhere now, right? Like, yeah, because yeah. Rock was in Minnesota. But I mean, it's yeah, yeah, no. Um, so I, I think that was interesting, and I think we have talked about learning moments for James Franklin over the last. Really, I think I think ultimately this year, in a lot of ways, until that Michigan game, primarily was the combination of, of he seemed like he was learning his lessons and then kind of the coaching decisions in the Michigan game, stop that momentum and then firing Mike Gearsuch after the fact, pick that momentum back up a little bit, just a little bit though. So that makes me as a Penn State fan sleep a little bit better at night. That being said, what doesn't make me sleep better at night or is confusing to me and was bizarre was out of the press conference today and you hit on it there. There was a comment about collaboration and, and he, I think he actually used that word maybe a couple times. Um, and it sounded like Mike Yurcich was kind of over in his own world, own element. And he was 
doing his own thing and and nobody could kind of talk him out off off that ledge or off that plane and it's like well okay but james franklin you're a you're an offensive coach like you're a wide receivers coach like you were an offensive coordinator what do you mean what do you mean he was kind of doing his own thing and, and i think thought that was weird um based on all of this like Clearly there was a schism. There were some issues that we're never going to know about. Um, but it, it, it was interesting to hear him say like he was, I think I forget who asked the question. Um, he's flat out asked like, you know, were there times that plays were not called or plays were called that you didn't want and vice versa type thing. And he said, yes, like he flat out said yes. And, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it doesn't matter to me if your previous experience was as a defensive line coach. If you're the head coach and that's happening, if it happens once, it happens once. If it happens the second time, then you solve the problem. And maybe that's what this is. Maybe this was because otherwise it just doesn't make it doesn't make as much sense. I'll give you the if you know you're gonna do it, do it now so it doesn't linger. But unless the offensive coordinator was in some way disrespectful right or just yeah like it, it just doesn't make sense and it almost sounds like that's at least that i was think what that's what it was at, right uh, well no? he he hinted at it today is monday today in the monday press conference but he brought up he said almost verbatim the same exact quote he said against ohio state after the ohio state game mm-hmm. in the michigan post-game press conference of we didn't call the right place to get him into a rhythm and I, it, it, it was bizarre because like you said, like there is a right a, a file and ranked college football coaching. And and if James Franklin wants something, he should get it. And it's frustrating. And if he's not and the person's being insubordinate, okay, then I guess you'd yeah, you press the button, right? So I mean again, we'll never know. I still think it feels like it's the head coach's decision on when to, you know, go for two or not. Um, that one, yeah, those no, kind that's... of things. You know, so and those things cost as much those little things for as close as Penn State is for as far away as some people feel they are you know logically they really aren't unfortunately I mean you know I mean that's the struggle unfortunately they aren't they they're just the third best team in this conference and maybe the third best team in this conference going forward because the division thing changes next year you don't get Ohio State Michigan but that doesn't still mean somebody might not be better because you get Oregon right back in the conference and those kind of things so now I I think about that I was thinking about that a lot I was thinking about the, even the Iowa, like, please don't get bored with with this grinding it out game plan. Like, there's a lot of little things, and that was one of the other things I wrote down here, kind of like on my notes, is you kind of piece together some of all of this context. And and Rich Garcella had a really good friend of the podcast. Rich Garcella had a really good yeah. good good column today about he was kind of surprised it didn't happen sooner. And and when you piece together. Even like that Wisconsin, that first game of Mike Yurcich's career, where Penn State did not look explosive, did not, and really had to only win on one ex- the back of one explosive play. Um, that was weird. And then you look at the play calling, particularly in the overtime, the nine overtimes. You look at, you know, even that Michigan State game. I was trying to find the quote. If you were following along on Twitter, I was trying to find a quote. There's a quote out there from someone in Penn State's players i think it was a player said something to the effect of i don't know you're gonna have to ask the coaches why they decided to keep running the ball um and, and i think that quote kind of was like ringing in my head um 
I, I don't know. It's going back to your initial point of the like with two more games, like I think that's kind of we we as Penn State fans got blinded by the scoreboard being so high that we didn't look at the underlying statistics, right? Of of you know, okay, they they beat out these teams, but they're ranked one of the worst teams in the country in explosive plays. Okay, they, you know, really have had 10, a few 10 win seasons, hopefully even this year, but they still lost the two that really mattered the most. And it really boiled down to the offense kind of just not figuring it out type thing. So it's, it's one of those like hindsight's always 2020 things, but yeah, like it, maybe it was time and, and, and maybe, maybe that's why you do it now. It's just, it's easier to to pull the trigger now. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's the story. I guess that, I mean, again, we won't, we won't ever know whether there was, you know, what was or wasn't going on. I mean, there's, it, it still feels PR wise. It just feels panicky a little bit in creating noise that you don't need to create. You know, I mean, they could probably patch the things behind the scenes and people would never know the final two, but that's what you know you're gonna do. I guess go ahead and make the decision. And it's helpful for the coach, right? To have someone that have a move to make after those losses. This and we'll see what happens next. I was I think that's a good segue into like what comes next. And I, I Penn State went out and probably Lord knows what they spent on Manny Diaz on top of his Miami buyout to to get him to come be a defensive coordinator in a landlocked state where he preciously loves his boat. Um and probably likes the warmer weather of Miami much more. And that happened really under the, the, the Pat craft era. Um, and well, no, it didn't happen under the Pat craft era. Did it? No, it didn't. It did not. Sorry. Um, but it feels like Penn state's willing to spend more. So like, are, is that what they're going to do here? Is that, do you, do you go out and you, you spend a, crap ton of money on an OC that you think can elevate the, the program more importantly, elevate the quarterback. Cause I think that's, that's the key piece to all of this. And even Franklin, like kind of hinted around, like we're going to do something, but we're not going to do it because of the quarterback. We're going to do it for the quarterback um, type deal. And I don't know. I, I think if Penn state's kind of figured out recruiting, which I think they recruit well, like regardless of who's been on the staff, Anytime, come and go. I think Penn State's always recruited well. Do you go just get an OC that's good at being an OC and good at coaching quarterbacks, but not necessarily the world's best recruiter? I think that's maybe what you go do. Uh, but I'm still not convinced that that this isn't just going to end up in JJ Juan J Juan J Juan Cider's hands at the end of the day. Because I, I just it, it's starting to feel a little Brent Pry James Franklin like they're tight like that. I don't know. I don't don't know. Don't know that I honestly care, right? Like, I mean, I think find somebody to do the job and let somebody do the job for a little bit, hopefully. Um, you know, the cynic in me looks at it and says, okay, six offensive coordinators, what's been the same this whole time? Clearly it hasn't been the offensive coordinator, right? Right. So I don't know. I'm hopeful for the program that they find someone that they they think is excellent and puts them in the best, you know, best staff, best players, excellent sports, success, blah, 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 blah. Still got to win two games a year. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just going to come down to that. And games like this week, in the whole scheme of things, 
don't matter to, to some fans as much because they are assumed, right? You know, they had the whole thing, you know, Coach Franklin had the whole thing, oh, people assume that Yes, unfortunately, you're in a position where it's assumed you are going to win 10 games a year. Got to figure out a way to win two more. Well, let me ask you this. What would you, and I said, honestly, because I want you to ask me it back. But what are your, what are your <laughs> thoughts on Joe Moorhead coming coming back? I think that'd be fine. That'd be fine. What about you? You don't want to come back? I don't want to come back. Okay. I don't. I don't. I, I don't think he will. Like I. I, I, I don't think I don't, he will. I don't think you see a lot of that where people go and come back <clears> to where they were. I mean, I'm sure you could pick out examples of it, but I don't. I don't think he's. I don't know. I would be surprised. I guess. It's about how I feel with it too, and I. And he wasn't Franklin's OC, right? He was OB's OC. No, he was he was Franklin. Franklin's. Franklin's yeah, he was Franklin's. Okay. I, oh I yeah, because that... he went and talked to him in the whole Holy Cross thing, the recruiting, blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I just thought I would be surprised. I, I don't think I, I. I think I would be surprised too. And I, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to look at that sample size or that sample data when you have Saquon Barkley on your your roster, right? Like that was right prime Saquon. So I don't know. Those are those are my hot takes for today. Um, okay. Feel good. You get everything out there. Need to be said on offensive coordinators. Yep. In the Michigan game. Yep. Can't wait to see what happens next. It'll be exciting. Um, let's talk about Rutgers. Here's my hot take on the Rutgers game. It's probably gonna make Steve a little little angry because I know this isn't our job, and it's not my job. I don't get I don't get paid by Penn State's ticketing office to do this. But I'm gonna say this: if you are selling your season tickets, season ticket for Saturday's game, right now I think they were fifteen dollars on StubHub. Oh, what? Very cheap. Yeah. Chances are, if you can afford season tickets, you can you can afford the thirty bucks that you're gonna lose out on in this idea that I have. Maybe just ask around. Hey, family. Hey, people that my neighbors. I know you like Penn State football, but you don't get to go very often. Would you like my tickets? Because I don't know. You don't think people be do better that? used? I don't. I think people are. I think people are too selfish, and I think people are just gonna try to get ten bucks out of it. And I think you should just give them to a better home, essentially, is what I'm I'm saying. Not a better home, a home that might not get to go to a Penn State game as often, and and probably would still enjoy it, probably more than you are going to enjoy it because you're just going to not seats for service problem. members, but like seats for sometimes seats fans. for yeah seats sometimes. for. I can't afford to spend four hundred dollars a weekend on a Penn State football game, but I can't afford to spend a hundred dollars on it. A football no, game. I think well, I, it'll be. An, I'll see what comes up on like little Facebook groups around us. If people sell them or give them away, right? Like I, I'm very much okay. I bought it, but I, I can't make it as long as somebody's in the seat. I don't care, right? Right. That's you know? what I'm saying. Here. So yeah, I, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. And it's it's it'll be one of those weekends, right? The students are not going to be here in those numbers because it's how far Thanksgiving break. It's Rutgers, even though we bunch have a bunch of kids from New Jersey. Like I would be surprised what that student section looks like on a noon on this coming Saturday. Um, it's hunting season, right? Like it's, we're getting in, you know, with that with Pennsylvania, right? So good point, you know, oh no, no, that's next week. I'm no. week ahead. I'm week okay. Ahead. Okay. Well, but people go still like, I, I yeah, but you won't have remember. No, I'm a week ahead. People Sorry, go. Hunters, I'm a week ahead. But people still go to but scout I think out fans, their I, Penn State, I think just the students will be the only light part. I think other people will show up and Rutgers mm-hmm. tickets might spill out. Yeah. It'll announce as a low number. It'll it'll look right. The the number they announce will be bigger than what's in there because they will have sold the tickets. They will have sold the student tickets. 
I don't know. I think Penn State fans show up because I, I think Penn State fans, the vocal ones who were complaining about, well, it shouldn't have been the OC, it should have been the coach, you should do something else. I think they are afraid to eat the money. They're, they're greedy. They might not be greedy, but they're afraid to lose it. So they're still going to come to the game, right? Like, go ahead and make a statement and don't show up. Like, I, I don't think Penn State fans in my time have ever just not shown up to make a statement with their tickets. And they're not going to. The team has it's going to win 10 games this year. So they're not going to do that. They're going to come. They're going to tailgate. Weather's going to be decent-ish, 50s and cloudy. Now, people, I, I'd be surprised okay. if it was really bad other than the students. Okay. All right. You're you're more optimistic. You are more optimistic. I know it's scary. I mean, that's it's... what paying off, isn't it? Right? Like, oh, okay. All right. No, I that's fair. I I think I think that you the the interesting thing to me is the the vocal minority and how it's going to rear its head because I I think we're we're going to see a little bit more of that and I think like I said earlier I think the OC firing calms down. 50% of that, 60% of that. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm interested by attendance because I think people I just get this general vibe of of people are upset and tired of the this game meaning nothing essentially, once again. And I just would would like to see those tickets go to somebody that is gonna use them. So basically we're both predicting people in the stadium. You just think people are gonna you're gonna give have people give them away, and I think people I, are still gonna show up. I'm asking people should give them away if they they don't like I, I just you don't need the money you know there you go it's the holiday season yeah all right um I I don't really have any thoughts on Rutgers I haven't really thought about much of the game because I've been thinking about the OC thing <laughs> and the Michigan game so much um I just hope that there's not a letdown I'm interested to see how. The team responds, particularly the offense. I think the defense is still going to be fine. And I am interested to see, like I am interested in this little three-game data science collection piece of what's different, what's not different uh, about Penn State's game plan. Do they throw the ball over the middle? Do they, when something's working, stick with it? Do they throw it deeper more often? Um, and Well, I think, the offense shouldn't have to do much. I mean, yeah, Rutgers was scoreless last weekend. They scored 16 points in a loss to Ohio State. They scored 13 points in a loss to Michigan State. So, or no, I'm sorry, to Wisconsin. So it's it's not like there's some offensive juggernaut coming in here. No. Um, so I, I, my, I'm pretty confident the defense, these defense probably be able to do a decent job and keep that in somewhere between zero and 18 at the most that they score. So if the offense can put up, you know, Couple 20. touchdowns in a field goal, they probably got a shot. Of course, if it's a couple couple touchdowns in a field goal, then they've got to make a two point decision again, and then you're in trouble. We're spiraling, folks. <laughs> Told you this was going to be a therapy session, and we are spiraling. Oh. Um, no, that's fair. That's fair. Although eighteen points against, or what'd you say it was? Eighteen points against Ohio State. Sixteen. Sixteen points. That's still four more points than Penn State scored against Ohio State. <laughs> that's fair. Sure. No, so I don't know. Yeah. A lot more if you count, don't count that last that last touchdown by Penn State that was a gimme against the backups. That's true. That's true. Uh, I am excited for my annual tradition of getting some creamery ice cream. I hope that the ice creamery stand is open um, in the stadium. 
on Saturday because last year it was not. Oh, last year it was not on the last game. Now I think the last game last year was after Thanksgiving, so it was even colder. Um, but it's it's become a, a little tradition that I have. So there you go. Traditions are good. So anything else you feel? Do you feel like you got everything else you needed to say about Penn State football? I just want to make sure you're sure. I wasn't. I just optimistic and positive about something. It was weird. I just it's again twilight zone right now. All right. Uh, this week's old guy, young guy, go ahead. It's your idea. Well, I was pretty stressed earlier today. Um, because the, the, the earphones that I've been using, which were uh, free from a, from a flight from Aer Lingus three or four years ago, cause they plugged in, have died. They fell apart. They're dead. So I'm like, Oh, I've got these, I got two different things of earbuds. I'm just going to connect. It's going to be working. They're charged. I can't get either one of them to check to my lap, talk to my laptop. So I found this. Black pair, those of you that aren't watching, listening, it's just a simple little black pair of earbuds that just plugs into my laptop or your earphones. I, I can't make the the wireless ones work. I'm I'm challenged that way because I'm old, apparently. I don't, I anytime I'm on the computer, if you're, again, watching, I'm plugged in. Like, I, I don't understand people that use the, the in-ear uh, Bluetooth. And I don't even, the only time I use the Bluetooth is when I'm at the gym, just because that's, I have little in-ear ones. They kind of hard to be plugged in. Gym. Um I don't know. I'm a big, I like this over the ear thing. Do you like the over the ear thing or are you? I did, but I don't have a pair, but these are actually, these are fine. Like inside in the ear is good. I would, I, the earbuds would be neat. Just to, I'd like to know how to use them. Like I'd like them to work for me, but they, and then the times I think I did figure them out a couple of years ago, they're like sensitive on the bottoms is like how you turn them off when mm-hmm. you pull them out sometimes to turn off. It's not what I'm trying to turn it off. So I'm, okay. I'm very happy for the cord. All right. Well, maybe, maybe somebody out there can get Steve some. Some good headphones. <laughs> you know, we need a headphone sponsor, like we got a coffee sponsor, then we'll be um, in good shape. Yeah. No. Um, no, I I it's funny. Did your let me ask you this as a parent of a of two millennials, did your children want beats by Dre, the the very expensive headphones? Mm-hmm. They were not about that life. Because mm-hmm. I did, and that was like I think that was what I used my first collegian check on because back in the day and I, and then they broke within like less than a year and it was $250 I spent on headphones. And that was no. the last time I will ever spend more than $50 on headphones. Right. No, the girls were not there for that. So no, that was a blessing. Okay. okay. That's good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like, I like the over the ear thing. I don't, I, I don't know. It makes me look a little weird on zoom calls, but so, all right. Anything else you want to add this week? We anything else? No, we two episodes, man. I'm I'm tired. We were working this week. Grandpa times two now. Congratulations, Grandpa times Steve. two. Maybe that's why I'm tired. Yeah. There you go. Everybody else, good job. Um, so yeah. All right, do you feel? Op- Let me ask you this. Maybe we can. Do you feel? You feel better right now as we sit here than you did five o'clock when you. Gave me a telephone call for a welfare check to make sure I was doing okay on Saturday. You feel better? Yeah, about I, mean, I wasn't even that bad afterward because I went, you know, I t- said I'd pick him to win because I had right now there I'm 11 1. But then when I looked at my little schedule that I keep of like who broadcast the game, final score, and just kind of keep tracking that in my spreadsheet, I had already penciled in an L. <laughs> like when I signed in on Sunday to put the score, and I'm like, oh, I already had that down as an L. Well, I was talking about them winning. So, 
Yeah, I mean, and you got the whole Michigan against everybody kind of stuff going on, and they have to believe that, and I'm glad they do, and good for them. But and it's not, and Penn State's not as good Ohio as Ohio State and Michigan at football right now, and they haven't been as traditionally as good to them since they've joined the Big Ten. So this isn't some big revelation that as if they took something away from us. It's always been the case. That's fair. Would a New Year's Six Bowl help you feel better, or would it just kind of mean nothing? It doesn't mean. I mean, I I hope they play at a time we can watch. Like right, like the, you know, I'm I'm from the other podcast. I'm almost. I hope they have a game. Well, it's almost guaranteed there'll be a game on ESPN, right? Right. Because ESPN owns all the bowls. So I'm happy for Amanda to be able to do a Penn State game. Honestly, that's the biggest because we're probably not going to make a trip for a bowl game. You know, so no, just okay. convenient time to watch and enjoy. How about you? Would it make you feel better? I kind of like this whole like Penn State getting like the, the infinity gauntlet of new year six non-playoff bowls. <laughs> like I like that. And and they're going to, if they assumingly they, if they either go to the orange or the peach bowl, they would have, they would only not have two, or I would have only not been to two. Um, and they've won the cotton rose fiesta in, in the James Franklin span. So I don't know. No, that's a good point. I, like I mean, and, and there are there are football programs, many of them that would trade for the success they've had and whatever else, right? So, so I get it, um, but yeah, I don't think it makes a difference for me. It just means what, what are we going to watch on the thirty first or the first or the second or whatever, whenever the game falls. I it's funny you said that because I I keep thinking about that in the context of, of everything, and like we've we've got our our relatives that are UCF fans, and like obviously they had their their one you know twelve and zero season there. Um, but then they go kind of have a stinker season and it, it just takes time to rebuild and, 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 and it's like, okay, like put it in person, put them in, put it in that perspective and everybody would trade places with you. I think virtually most fans of college football teams that are sub 500 right now, be like, yeah, I, I would, I would take being uh, the, the shot at being 10 and two with your losses to being to the number one and number three teams in the country right now. Um, Easy. Yeah, some teams that aren't sub five hundred. A lot of teams that aren't sub five hundred would take that, right? Right. In terms of Penn State football, you're going to win ten games a year. You're going to host one of the most hype games every year with the whiteout, right? You're going to be relevant. You know, people would take that. It's just, I think, for Penn State fans, it's the frustration of year after year after year of, of you know, being Charlie Brown and Lucy pulling the football away, right? And Michigan and Ohio State stand there saying, "We still got the football, and you don't." That's. That's pretty much what it is. All right. I know a peanuts reference because I love good peanuts reference. Anything else? I try. All right. All right. Um, five stars, thumbs up, subscribe over here. Appreciate everybody that's been liking videos lately. That's very helpful for the algorithm. Um, so that's good. Um, we'll have the normal schedule of content on the blog this week. Uh, that blog can be found at stuffsummersays.com. On that blog, there's a section called with Steve. With Steve. Um, we've got emails. Mine's Darian at stuffsummersays.com. Steve's got an email. It's Steve at stuffsummersays.com. Um, we've got stuff. After I fumbled that, like the very first week, I've gotten much better at that. You've gotten way better at that. I'm really proud of you. Um, we've got stuff. Uh, you can buy stuff. I, I might might indulge in the holiday spirit of Black Friday sales next week. That's all I'll <laughs> say. Might knock off a, a few few bucks. 
save you every penny that we can. But hey, our low, low prices already can't be beat by any other blog in town. Um, that's true. That's a great ad. That's a great ad. No either. Um, so other than that, we've got Twitter handles. X handles. I'm not gonna say X handles. That's I can't I can't do that seriously. They're called Twitter handles. And mine is at stuff summer says. Steve says at Steve Sampson. All right. Hope hope you feel better after our therapy session. I always feel good at this. Good. Good. Are you better? Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%. Second wellness check in like four days. Okay, just checking. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>